A very good morning to all of you. It's wonderful to meet once again in the house of the Lord. We are glad that we have visitors. We have got uh, uh, Dr. Martin and his wife who have uh, been here quite a lot of times, and we are glad to have them amongst us again. Well, today I want to um, share with you a word that I have entitled God's Unique Plan for the Nations. God's Unique Plan for the Nations. Many times our vision of uh, what uh, God may have uh, for us is very limited to ourselves. You know, often we say, I found the Lord. Meanwhile, you forget that the Lord found you. Uh, because if we were on our own, uh, I don't believe that we could find God ever. Because we, without God, are full of uh, blindness and sin is hindering our way to come to the living God. But God, thankfully, has opened the door. God has sent Jesus Christ, his son, into this world to find us and save us. And this is not just an individual uh, event. Even so, of course, it is an individual event. And every time somebody gets saved, he gets translated into the uh, family of God. We are now called children of God, and we are becoming uh, part of the bigger family of the Lord. But God has a bigger plan, a bigger vision for this world. And I think this is what we often miss out. We don't see it easily because we are so uh, narrowed down on our own individual desires and our own individual hopes and dreams, and we are not understanding the plan of God. So today I want to lay out the plan of God for the nations. It's a magnificent plan. It's a unique plan for every nation. And of course, all of us, you know, we are not just individuals, but we are members of a family of a natural family. We are coming from a tribe. We are part of a nation. And uh, we must not forget that God does not just see us as individuals, but he sees the nation as a whole. Okay? <clears throat> he does not see us only as we have received Jesus Christ as our, uh, as our Lord and Savior. <clears throat> but we must understand that God may have used people from different places in order to bring us into his kingdom. So that's why we have to have a wider understanding, a wider vision for the plan of God. And remember, uh, this is the year when we talk about the plans of God, and God says, I'm God. My purpose will stand. What I've said, that I will do. And so today we are going to uh, go a little further into the things that God has planned in his magnificent preparation for uh, the destiny that we are all entering into in the time to come. Let me read from the book of Psalms 47 and verse 7. The Bible says here, for, the, for God is the king of all the earth. For God is the king of all the earth. Sing to him a psalm of praise. God reigns over the nations. God is seated on his holy throne. Okay, we understand that uh, every family has uh, a head of the family, every uh, tribe has a chief or, you know, a paramount chief. Uh, every nation has a president or has a king. But God says, 
that he is the king of all the earth. And God is reigning over the nations. Not just individuals, but God is reigning over the nations. And this is really something that we want to take time to explore, to think about today. First Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. The Bible says here, beyond all questions, the mystery of godliness is great. He appeared in a body, was vindicated by the Spirit, was seen by angels, was preached among the nations, was believed on in the world, and was taken up to glory. We all know that before Jesus left, he made it very, very clear that we have a commission. We have a, what we call a great commission. That is to take the gospel to every nation before he will definitely come back again. Uh, so we have a work to do, and if we are just uh, narrowing down the gospel to us as individuals, then the plan of God will never be fulfilled. You know, and that's why we must have a greater vision, a greater understanding, a wider scope, so that we understand that God is the one who wants us to reach nations. So God has put us into this nation, Zambia, to reach that nation, to be a testimony to that nation, but not only to this nation, but to the nations of the earth. Revelation chapter 7, verse 9. Revelation 7, 9 says, After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. When finally the work has been done, has been completed, then there will be a multitude, not just a multitude, but a great multitude. And what that really means, what that really uh, you know, means in terms of numbers, we have no clue. But that multitude is from all nations. All nations matter in the, in the uh, economy of God. And that's why we need to really explore the very plan of God as far as the nations are concerned. Now, all nations have been created by God for a purpose. And that is what we want to talk about. So let us pray and uh, ask God to give us uh, a wider scope, a wider understanding, a bigger vision for the nations in these worlds. Because that is what the plan of God is all about. Lord our God, we thank you so much that we can be able to look at your word today, study your word, understand your word. Thank you, Lord, that you have saved us in an individual, on an individual basis, each and every one of us. But Lord, you are calling us into a greater community of a family and even of a nation. Lord, you are building a new nation, a nation under God. And Lord Jesus, thank you for the nations that we come from. We thank you, Lord, for Zambia and every other nation that we may come from. Lord Jesus, you have a plan for every nation. You have gifted every nation. And Lord, we, we pray that you give us understanding, a greater understanding of what you are to achieve with uh, all the things that you have planned 
for the time in which we live. We give you glory and we ask you, Lord, for understanding as we listen to your word. Amen. So God has created <clears throat> all nations and each one for a specific purpose. You see, God loves variety. I think uh, that is what I've been talking about many times when you look at the number of different types of flowers that we have. You know, God loves variety. When you look at the different kind of uh, animals, you know, on the earth, the mammals, the birds, the fish, you know, all the different uh, species of animals, even the insects. I mean, it's, it's totally amazing. <clears throat> you know, you're maybe wondering where did the mosquito come from? You know, some people th think the mosquitoes were made by the devil. Uh, but let me tell you, uh, nothing is made by the devil at all, not even a mosquito. Okay, you know, mosquito, of course, they can bring you malaria, but that was not intended. You know, God has intended every, every creature for its own specific purpose. And uh, the scripture itself talks about the ant, you know, how busy the ant can be. And we can learn lessons from the ant. And likewise, we can learn lessons from many of the other animals. You know, uh, many times God uses pictures of uh, animals in order to illustrate certain truths in the word of God. For instance, the eagle, or the ox, or the lion. You know, God loves variety, and, and everything that God has created has a purpose. You and I, we may not fully understand those purposes. You know, uh, definitely there are people in this world who think, uh, you know, uh, an elephant or a rhino is there for their horns so that you can slaughter them and sell them and make a lot of money. No, that was not the reason. The reason that God made this animal is very different. And I'm sure we will all be surprised and maybe even shocked when finally we are able to see the reason why God made every creature the way he made them. Okay? Now, that is just to show us, you know, the, 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 the variety that God loves to have. And, uh, you know, when you think about the variety in these worlds, you know, in different tribes, in different nations, in different uh, ethnicities. It is amazing. And yet the Bible says everything came from one man, from one seed. Can you imagine the richness of the seed of Adam? Because all of us, we are in there, okay? Every nation has its origin in the seed of Adam. That's amazing. Let me just read to you Acts chapter 17 and verse 25. The Bible tells us here, he is not served by human hands as if he is needing anything. Okay? Some people are of the false opinion that God needs them. Hello? Are you, are you, are you in this, in this uh, category? You know, now, God loves you, and God wants us to be with him, close with him, but actually, he doesn't need us. No, that's, that's a sobering reality, isn't it? But that's what the Bible says, you know. God is not served by human hands as if he needed anything, because he himself gives all men life, breath, and everything else. So everything that we need ourselves, because we have needs. We have a lot of needs, okay? 
last uh, time we talked about needs. And uh, yes, of course, we do have needs. Every time we have needs. You know, if you have nothing, no food in your, in your house, you have a need to go in a shop and find something. Okay, if there's no money in your house, then you need to find a, a way that you raise some money. There, is, there are a lot of needs, okay? And today we have needs for vaccination, okay? And I hope you all have that. Okay, so there are a lot of needs that we have. But God doesn't have those needs. In fact, if he had a need, he can easily create an answer to that need, okay? Now, listen. This is uh, just the, the, the beginning or the, the introduction here. God is the one who gives life to all men. He gives his breath to every man because he breathed into the first human being and that's how he became a living being. And he gives us everything else. Now, verse 26 says, from one man, he made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole world. And he determined the time set for them and the exact places where they should live. God did this so that men would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him so he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. Now that's a powerful word. Now let me just focus on one, on one area, you know, God is saying, us, saying to us here that every nation, first of all, came from one seat. So we are all brothers, okay? We are all one family, isn't it? Uh, we should not uh, persecute each other because we have a different uh, ethnicity or a different culture or different way of doing things. You know, that is, that is very sad, okay? We all need to understand that we have the same origin. And then scripture tells us that God has created many different nations so that they should inhabit the whole earth. Okay, God does not want uh, to overwhelm one nation to, to, you know, inhabit the whole world. Now, of course, a lot of nations misunderstand and they're trying to dispossess other nations around them. Okay, there have been so many wars over boundaries because people are trying to steal the land from the next nation. And yet God is saying he is the one who has set the boundaries of every nation. He has determined the time set in the exact places where they should live. Okay, so uh, in 1964, a nation came into being called Zambia. Okay, this nation did not exist in that way. Of course, the tribes were there, the people were there, but the nation of Zambia came into being in 1964. That's why we are celebrating independence, isn't it? Because we are reminded that this is the birthday of our nation. And it is a time that God had set for Zambia to come on the scene. And if God set a timetable for Zambia to come on the scene, then there is a reason, there is a purpose for that. That means we have a mission. And that mission we need to recognize, we need to understand it, we need to pursue it. We cannot just, uh, you know, be of the false opinion that, okay, we are there just like everybody else, you know, not realizing what our, our, our place is in God's economy. No, God has a plan. And that plan must come to its realization even through this nation called Zambia. Other nations 
have been around long before us. Okay, there has been a Roman Empire. And the Roman Empire rose at one time, and then it disappeared. Where is the Roman Empire today? Can you still see it? Okay, you may say there are nations today like Italy, which is in, you know, having headquarters in Rome, where, where the Romans had their headquarters. But it's a very different nation. It's not like the Roman Empire. Or there was Alexander the Great, who, uh, who built a very great empire for a season. It was there for a while, and then it fell into pieces. First of all, there were four different pieces, because when he died, he had four, four uh, leaders who were each taking a part, and eventually it was, just, it was just disappearing. If you go through the scripture, you find nations like Babylon. Okay, They were powerful nations, had a lot of influence, and uh, maybe their, their uh, ideas and their thoughts are still in this world today, but the nation of Babylon is no longer there. Okay, it does not exist anymore. So God raises nations in order to fulfill a certain purpose, and then he makes them extinguish, disappear, because they have fulfilled their purpose, or maybe they have failed to fulfill their purpose, whatever the case may be. So God has a purpose for every nation. And we need to be very clear about uh, God's plan in this matter. Now, we must understand God is building something of great substance. Okay? We have no full, uh, you know, understanding of what God is building. Of course, we can be, uh, read the book of uh, of uh, Revelation, and we read about the New Jerusalem and many other things. But even then, we cannot fully understand all of these uh, revelations that are given to us there. So God is the one who is building something powerful. We could say he's building a mansion, but not just a mansion where some people are living in, but a mansion that is having you know, dimensions which we cannot understand. God is building his kingdom. And it is made up of different gifts and graces. Okay? Like when you build a house, you need different kind of materials. Okay? You need blocks, you need cement, you need water, you know, you need maybe steel pipes, you need plastic pipes, you need cables for the electricity. You need all kind of different things. You need roofing sheets. You know, some materials are soft, some are hard, some are, you know, uh, different from the other. Very different. Okay, so the kingdom of God, likewise, is made up of different gifts and different graces. Okay, that's why God has gifted each one of us in a unique way. You know, all of us are different. And thank God, we are different. Just imagine you want to make a choir, and you only find all of us are just singing the same, the same, the same alto. Okay? or the same soprano. Can you make a choir? It will not work. So you need to have different inputs, different gifts, different grace, uh, in order to make the choir become uh, meaningful. And so God is building his uh, kingdom to perfection. Amazingly, that is what he's busy with, whether we see it or whether we don't see it. In the book of uh, Matthew, chapter 25, verse 32, 
Jesus himself is saying, all the nations will be gathered before him. Okay? Every nation has a purpose, and every nation will be gathered before God himself, before Jesus himself. And he will separate the people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. Now, what Jesus is explaining here is that just like, you know, uh, in the natural, you have different animals, uh, you know, which fulfill certain purposes. Now, God is using the term sheep for the sake of uh, those who are righteous. And he uses the term goat for those who are unrighteous. And, and God says every nation will have to be appearing before him, before his mighty throne. And then when we are appearing before the throne of God, God will sort us out, okay? So you don't have to worry about whether the nations are fulfilling the, the standard of God because there are always some who are calling on the name of the Lord. In every nation, in every tribe, there are people who are walking with God, okay? And there are others who don't. So God will sort this out. Don't worry about it. So God has created all nations for a purpose. And those who fulfill their purpose, they will be sorted out. They will be utilized by God himself. Now, every nation is gifted in a unique divine way, with a unique decree upon our lives. Just like individuals are gifted in different ways, so are the nations as well. Okay, and I think that's very important for us to recognize. Okay, I'm sure if you look at your friend uh, or your friends, you will see that they're not exactly like you are. And sometimes that creates problems, you know, because we, beget, we become... Uh, you know, we have an inferior complex because maybe they have something which seems to be better than, than ourselves. But you must not just look at one thing. You must look at the whole creature who you are, okay? And every one of us is uniquely formed by God to fulfill a certain purpose. So if somebody else is different than you, don't feel inferior, but understand who you are in God. Okay, and every one of us is important. Everyone has to fulfill their role and their calling in God. There is no one who is inferior. Uh, it's very sad that people are fighting over these issues, uh, you know, even go to war over such issues. But the reality is that God has created us according to his divine plan, his divine decree. Our destiny determines which kind of gift and equipment we receive, okay? That's very, very easy to understand. Last week, we talked about the craftsmen, okay? We saw that God gave a plan to Moses how to build the tabernacle uh, in, the, in the wilderness, in the desert, okay? And the plan was so magnificent, so powerful, that Moses was, you know, just not having an idea how to bring this whole uh, tabernacle into being. I mean, despite the fact that Moses had a lot of experience, had a lot of gifts, had a lot of learning from the time he was in Egypt, and also, of course, eventually when he was uh, taught by God in the wilderness uh, through taking care of his uh, father-in-law's flock, nevertheless, uh, Moses couldn't 
have the skills that were required to do certain things. But God, God told him very clearly, I have already called and equipped people like Bezalel, okay? And there are others, uh, you can read this in the book of Exodus chapter 31. You know, God said, I have already uh, gifted those men to be able to bring about uh, these kind of things that I have given you instructions to create, okay? So the destiny, the plan of God determines what kind of gifts you must, must have. Of course, Moses could not create those, those uh, uh, crafts that uh, Bezalel could, could create, but Moses himself was a leader. Without that, uh, the, the, the nation of Israel could not have reached anywhere. So everyone has their skill, everybody has their ability, everybody is gifted in a certain way. I was just mentioning a choir. You know, in a, in a choir, you have four different types of voices. You know, bass, tenor, alto, and soprano. Okay, and uh, the four different types of voices, they give a wonderful tune, isn't it? But even within the sopranos, there are different voices. And they make the, uh, the, the, the sound much more full, okay? You know, imagine just one, one voice would be there, even if you're 100 people, but all of you sing one voice in, 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 in whatever pitch, you know, it would be very, very uh, thin, very boring to listen to. Because, you know, songs live from variety, okay? That's why, you know, even if you have an um, um, individual performer, they're always backing vocals to make the sound full. And the back and vocals sometimes you don't see, but they are making the sound to be what it is. So even if you're a backing vocal, don't feel inferior because your, your sound, your voice is very important. Every one of us is important. Just tell your neighbor, hey, just tell your neighbor, you wouldn't have known that. I'm important. Isn't it? You know, let no one look down on you, Paul is telling Timothy. Let no one look down on you just because you are young or because you are whatever. You know, let no one, don't allow that. You must know who you are because you are called by the living God. You are created by the living God. You are created and gifted by him for a certain purpose. And no one should ever uh, look down on your life. Let me uh, go a step further. Okay, we all understand uh, choirs because we do have choirs. We, 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 are, we are good in choirs in Zambia, isn't it? Uh, but let's go a step further in something which we are not so good. Okay, and these are orchestras. You know, it's my dream that one day we'll have an orchestra of at least 50 people here. Okay. I, I even bought a trumpet some time ago and uh, was hoping that the trumpet will be played, but somehow nobody is able to really master it. Okay, but one day I'm, I'm looking forward to have a real orchestra here. And if you don't know what an orchestra is doing, please, please go and, and, and YouTube and, and listen to uh, those powerful orchestra of maybe 80 or 100 different people playing each one their unique instrument and, 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 and listen to the powerful sound that is being produced from there. Okay? Amazing. So an orchestra has four types of instruments. 
Okay? Those are the strings, you know, like the guitars and so many others. Uh, these are the, uh, the woodwinds, you know, like the flute and others. You know, very special sound. Okay? Then you have the brass. Okay? I think all, we, all of us, we know the brass band. Okay? When we are listening, when we are uh, singing the, uh, the national anthem, okay, we have the brass band. Okay? Of course, not every time when you sing the national anthem, the brass band is there. But uh, of late, you know, when we were watching uh, the different uh, proceedings in the installation of the new government, we have seen the brass band every now and then. I'm sure you, you have been uh, witnessing that as well. Okay? And then we have the keys, what we call keys or keyboards or piano or whatever it is. These are four different types of instrument, but actually an instrument is not just four instruments. Uh, an orchestra is, you know, a small orchestra is about 50, 40 to 50 uh, different musicians, you know, making music, you know, in different, in different ways. And, uh, and the larger orchestra has got 80 to 100 different musicians all doing their instruments. And I mean, this is uh, something to, to watch. It's amazing. You know, if we are watching an instrument, we're getting a bigger vision of how God builds his kingdom. Okay? Because, you know, an orchestra is not an orchestra because we are so clever as human beings. We are just simply putting the people with different gifts together and allowing them to play the instruments. And, you know, somebody who wrote... Uh, those kind of music uh, and, and, and play that, you know. I mean, there's powerful music in our world, you know, and much of this music, especially the, all the classical music, has been written by people who were God-fearing. Okay, many of these orchestras, they are playing Bach or Mozart or, or Beethoven or whatever uh, without really understanding who wrote these things, okay? What kind of value system these people have had, but many of them, you know, were uh, people who laughed a lot, like Frederick Handel, you know, Frederick Handel, you know. He, he was, a, he was a, a man who wrote the great hallelujah, okay? And, and orchestras are, are playing that and performing that, okay? And most of the people who do it, they don't even have a clue why this song came into being and why they are playing that piece of music. So what we must understand is that God loves variety, okay? Great variety. And, you know, of the almost 8 billion people in the world, there are not two people who are exactly the same. There is no carbon copy of anyone. So you can go throughout the world, you will never find yourself anymore because you're the only one. And that makes you important, okay? You know very well, you know, on the market, if something is uh, in plentiful in supply, then the value is very low, okay? If there is only a few pieces in supply, then the value is going high. But if there is only one piece of a kind, then the, the, the value is, uh, you know, going through the roof. And that's what you must understand. Your value is absolutely amazing. You know, even if other people don't value you, God values you. 
God has invested greatly in your life. You know, he has given you gifts and talents and abilities which you may not even have recognized as yet. Okay? I, I, I speak about my own experience. You know, I, I grew up and I knew a few things which I knew I was good at. But there were many other things I didn't even know. I only came to learn them, you know, along the way. Some of them I came only to recognize when I was an adult. You know, uh, yet I was exploring a lot of things when I was a child, but I never came to realize that there are certain gifts and talents that God had given to me until I was grown up. And let me tell you, in your life, you need to do a little bit of mining. Okay? You may not be able to find emeralds because you don't have a piece of land in Zambia where you can dig for emeralds or for gold or for silver or whatever it is, but you have your own real estate. Okay? You have got on your own heart and soul, you know, and, and that heart and soul God has filled with riches. So why don't you do some mining and find out what you can be able to accomplish, what you are capable of, what gifts and talents God has given to you. And you know, mining is always uh, associated with work. Okay, sometimes hard work. Okay, so you are not going to find gold on the street. Have you ever walked down the street? I mean, imagine you walk out of church and then you find a gold bar on the street. How many of you have experienced that? If, if you find one, please at least give me half. <laughs> but I can tell you it won't happen, okay? It won't happen. Unless somebody put it there for you just to find it. Okay, you know when we were children and uh, we were uh, having these uh, funny um, celebrations, uh, you know, not the way God wants us to celebrate Easter, but the way the world celebrates Easter, you know, there were uh, certain gifts were hidden in certain places for our parents uh, to put them into these places. They wanted us to find them, you understand? And of course, there were obvious places where we were looking, and eventually we found those gifts, okay? The Easter eggs or whatever other gifts they were putting there, okay? Now, God puts certain things into your life, and you will not find them without searching without seeking okay how hard have you been searching that's the question so god has laid so many wonderful gifts and talents into us as individuals but more so into us as a nation so i as i said earlier on you know zambia has been able to rise in 1964 to to fulfill a certain purpose and, you know, I believe we have got a great purpose to fulfill. You know, if you are looking around in Africa, there is no other nation like Zambia. Okay? That does not make us better or worse, but it just makes us an outstanding example to others. For instance, you know, we have had, uh, you know, we came from, from a one-party state. And there was a time in the, 90, in the, in the late 80s when, when things were not going well, okay? People were not happy anymore for the one-party state. And, you know, you may say, okay, uh, we people, we rose up. Maybe some of you were there. I was there, okay? When, when people came out in multitudes to gather 
and everybody was demanding we want to have multi-party democracy. Great. But you know, these are things that God put into people's hearts. These things don't just happen. Because it's God who determines these things. Have you heard? Okay, God uses human beings according to his own way. Because you know, the Bible tells us that he is actually directing uh, the, the, the lives of people like rivers. Okay? We read earlier on in Acts chapter 17 that God made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth and he determines the time set for them, the exact places where they should live. So, you know, we have a purpose. We have a reason to be here. So in 1991, we had elections. And lo and behold, we had a peaceful election. We had a change of government, which in Africa up to then was a very rare occasion. Okay, very rare. Because most of the changes of government were overthrows, you know, were uh, revolutions, were, uh, you know, uh, the, 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 the army is taking over, you know, all kinds of different scenarios. And Zambia was sticking out as an example, as a shining example, changing a government with peaceful means, just with a vote on the ballot, okay? Going to the voting booth, putting this piece of paper there, and we changed the government peacefully, okay? If you would think, or you would have thought at that time that this is a one-time occurrence, think again. Because 20 years later, it happened again. Okay? This time it was no longer, uh, you know, uh, UNIP. This time it was MMD. Okay? And again, the people went to the voting booth and they decided, we don't want to be blue anymore, let's go for green. Okay, and again, we changed in a peaceful way, not only government, but from one party, from one ruling party to a new ruling party. Okay, and again, we did it peacefully. And we have done it again this year. Okay, so now we have built a legacy. We have built something very powerful. So, you know, I believe Zambia has got something to talk about. We, we, are, we are a shining example, not just in Africa, but even in the world. Look at how democracy is being abused, even in, in, in the home of, of democracy in the United States of America. Okay? You wonder, is this really democracy? Now, why do I say this? It's because we must understand that God has gifted every nation in a very unique way. Okay? So, we are fortunate that we are Zambians, okay, that we live in Zambia, in this particular place of the earth, and yet have an influence all over the world because of what God has gifted us to accomplish. Isn't that powerful? So God is the one who reigns over the nations, and he is the final authority. We must understand that. While there are leaders of all kinds in every nation, you know, God is the ultimate authority. You know, we have, uh, we have headmen, we have uh, chiefs, we have paramount chiefs, we have presidents, we have kings. There are different layers of, of authority. But finally, God says, 
that he is the king of the earth. That means of every nation. And the Bible says again in Psalm 47 verse 8, God reigns over the nations, including Zambia. Okay, he reigns over the nation. God is seated on his holy throne. So you understand kings or presidents are given a mandate to rule. But they ultimately rule by God's decree because God gave them part of authority. You know, whether they are a headman, then they get lesser authority, whether they are a chief, they get more authority, whether they are, you know, a president or a king, of course, they have greater authority. But ultimately, the final authority is he himself. Okay, we must never forget that. A nation may only have its own interest in mind. Okay, and that's very often the problem, you know. Nations are seeking their own interests. And of course, there's nothing wrong with that per se. But we should not be selfish, even as a nation. We should always seek the good of the world. Okay, we should always be a shining example to everybody else around us. Like Zambia has been, you know, in terms of democracy, we are a shining example to the whole world. Okay, isn't that powerful? So yes, we are having certain manifestos. And you know, every party comes up with their plans, with their manifestos. And uh, that is okay. But we must never be selfish, self-centered. We must always realize we are part of the family of nations. And we are under God. Now, God builds all nations to fulfill his magnificent plan. And since only God knows the overall plan of all the worlds and all the nations of the world, he is the one, the only one, <clears throat> who can really set the directions for all the nations of the world. Because, you know, he has a plan that most of the nations may not be aware of. That's sometimes where the problem is. You know, we are we're trying to push our agenda. Meanwhile, God has a greater agenda which we have not fully grasped in, in the way we live. So remember, God is the one who has an overall plan for the world and for all nations. And that's why we must always compare notes with that plan. Are we in line with that plan? You know, when we write a manifesto uh, in our personal lives, in our family, in our nation, we should always compare, is this in line with what God has in mind for us? Because if we don't, then, you know, we are, we are going to be sidelined. Because God will then separate the goats from the sheep and say, you, the goat, you have not really fulfilled my purpose. <clears throat> so he controls the affairs of every nation from their rising to their completion and maybe to their extinction. As I have said earlier on, you know, there have a lot of been, uh, been a lot of powerful kingdoms in this world who are no more. You know, the Romans, the Greek. Uh, many nations have come and they have gone. There's nothing left of them except uh, history books that talk about them. Now, nations are drawn to Christ with all their riches. What do I mean with that? You know, today there is 
only a very dim, if at all, a very dim realization of the greater purpose of creation. Uh, that's why, you know, those people who have that understanding need to talk about it, need to preach about it, need to go to the nations and tell them about it. God, as I said, created all things for his own purpose, and eventually all nations must appear before the Lord. The Bible tells us that the hope of every nation is Christ. That's amazing. You know, Matthew chapter 20, 12, verse 21 says, in his name, the nations put their hope. Now, not all of the nations have done that, uh, you know, deliberately or, or knowingly, but our hope as a nation is only in Christ. It's not in a different color. It's not in a better manifesto, but always only in Christ. Amen? The nations of the world are on a journey <clears throat> to the light of Christ. Let me just take you to the book of, <clears throat> to the book of um, Isaiah, chapter 60, verse 1. <clears throat> the Bible says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Verse 3, listen to that. Nations, nations. Everybody say nations. That includes Zambia, okay? Nations will come to your light, and kings to your brightness, the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look about you. Assemble and come to you, and your sons will, and your sons come from afar. And your daughters are carried on the arm. Then you will look and be radiant. Your hearts will throb and swell with joy. And the wells of the seas will be brought to you. To you, the riches of the nations will come. Hey, listen to this. The riches of the nations. Do you know that every nation has got riches entrusted to them by God? Do you know that Zambia is a very rich nation? I was talking about democracy. That's one thing only. I mean, if you are digging in our grounds, you know, almost everywhere, you'll find water. Okay, do you know water is life? You know, we have lakes, huge lakes. In fact, if you are doing a little bit of a research on the internet, maybe Google it, you'll find now that uh, Zambia has very large water resources, okay? Even if you have tons of gold and you have no water, you will still die. You understand? But God gave us water, okay? You know, uh, sometime in the past, we have uh, had a drilling rig. We went to the villages. We, we drilled boreholes in many places and put these hand pumps, India Mark II, uh, in different places. And, you know, wherever we went, I think it was very rare, maybe once or twice, where we couldn't find water because it was too deep for us to reach. But almost everywhere, after maybe 9, 10, 11, 12 meters, we found water. That's amazing. Our country is rich because where there is water, you can grow food. Okay, and not just in the, in the rainy season, but even in the dry season. Okay. If you go to South Africa, it's a very 
parched land. You know, they don't have even closely the kind of water resources that we have. Or go to our neighboring country, Botswana. They don't have the kind of water that we have. Okay? But we are, we are blessed. We are endowed with those resources. Okay, but not only is there water in the ground, thank God for the water, but, you know, God even gave us the gold. And of course, of late, of late, as you know, people have made a lot of fuss about gold in Zambia. And then, of course, there are emeralds. You know, the, the biggest emerald that was found not long ago, you know, I found it, it was, it was uh, presented in New York or somewhere else, you know, but it came from Zambia. How it reached New York, I don't know. I'm sure there's no official record about how this thing went there, okay? But we, are, we, we, we have these resources in our country. Okay, we have copper. And we have been living from copper for many, many years. And we should not just focus ourselves narrowly on copper itself. You know, but do you, I want you to understand that Zambia is so rich, you know, we have cobalt, we have, we have so many uranium, so many things, you know, that are in our ground that we haven't even found yet. Do you know that the country where I was born, Germany, the only things that we find in the ground is coal, black coal, of which we also have plenty in Zambia, okay? So there's no gold, there's no copper, there is no, uh, you know, nickel or whatever else, uh, other uh, few, uh, uh, minerals. And yet, Germany has managed to build a thriving economy. Why should we not be able to do that? Okay, why should we leave these things into the ground for foreigners to come and steal it? Why should we not take these things and in, 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 you know, add value to them with our own hands, with our own mind, with our own ability, and make a name for ourselves? Because these things have been apportioned to Zambia by God. Not an accident. God decided where Zambia should be. Okay? Of course, some colonialists were trying to draw some borders, but at the, at the end of the day, it was God who allowed Zambia to be formed in this place, a very rich country, okay? You may say, but I'm not rich. Hey, change it, okay? Let's change it together. We are enough people here who, who can make an impact, who can make a difference, because this is the nation in which God has placed us either by birth or otherwise, okay? So we are all Zambians, okay? And God has given us a mandate to make a difference in this nation. And if you are listening from any other nation, it is just as true in that nation where you are or where you are from, just like it is true in Zambia. Because where you are from, there may be other things that God has given you. We must understand each nation is gifted uniquely by God himself. So the Bible says that the riches of the nations, they will eventually be drawn to Christ. Isn't that powerful? Isaiah 66 verse 18. The Bible says, and I, because of their actions and their imaginations, I'm about to come and gather all nations and tongues, and they will come and see my glory. 
Okay? So God has enriched us. And God puts us together. And then he gives us even more of his glory. Isn't that powerful? I will set a sign among them. And I will send some of those who survive to the nations. Okay, so nations play a very important role to Tashish, to the Libyans, to the Lydians, you know, uh, the famous Ajas, to the Jubals in Greece, and to the distant islands who have not heard of my fame or seen of my glory. They will proclaim my glory among the nations. You know, brothers and sisters, that's our responsibility, that we preach Christ to the nations. The greatest treasures there could ever be is Christ's. You know, he is the, the author and the finisher of all things, okay? He is the one who has bestowed riches into the lives of people. Zechariah chapter 2, verse 10, the Bible says, Shout and be glad, O daughter of Zion, for I'm coming and I will live among you, declares the Lord. Many nations will be joined with the Lord in that day and, I will, and will become my people. I will live among you and you will know that the Lord Almighty has sent me to you. Praise God. And we know who our Father has sent to us, that is Christ Jesus, the Son of the living God. So the multitudes before Christ that will gather one day are coming from different nations. I've read this in the beginning. Let me just read it again from the book of um, uh, Revelation chapter 7, verse 9. The Bible says, After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude. You know, the word multitude already, already talks about big numbers, isn't it? But then God says, uh, great, not big, but great multitude, which is great in different ways, okay? So there's a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. There were varying white ropes and were holding palm branches in their hands and they cried out in a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. You know, it's amazing what God is going to do. Well, because while we are meeting here in this place, you know, elsewhere in the world, other people are gathering and giving praise and honor to the name of the Lord. So God has sent messengers to the nations, to all the nations of the earth to preach Christ. Every nation must hear the gospel before Christ will return. The word is very clear that Jesus told us. God is in the process of preparing the nations just like stones are being prepared in order to build a house. Remember the story of Solomon. You know, he had, he had a lot of workers, 70,000 people who were working, preparing uh, the stones in the quarry which were exactly shaped to build the temple. And when they finally took these stones and, you know, the different types of noise, so what is happening to the temple side? It was, it was put together without noise. So what is happening today? God is preparing every nation in the quarry of God. You know, God is preparing you and me in his quarry. You know, wherever you are. And sometimes you think, oh, this is painful. You know, what I'm going through, I don't like it. Well, it's necessary. You know, it's required. 
You know, don't always blame the devil for everything because the devil is actually not involved in a, in a lot of ways. God may just use him as an instrument. But at the end of the day, God is controlling even the devil. Okay, so don't blame the devil for anything. If the devil is allowed to do anything in your life, let him do it fast. <laughs> so that it gets off. Okay, don't prolong it. You know, remember Jonah. Jonah was running away from God. And then, of course, there was a very, very bad storm. If Jonah said the devil is after me, well, if the storm was caused by the devil, so may be it. But it was not the devil who did anything. It was God. You understand? So the discipline did not come from the devil. Even God may have used the devil, and sometimes he uses the devil for some of these things. But forget about the devil, you know. The devil is just an instrument in the hand of God. Actually, the devil can do nothing from himself. He needs to have permission for everything he does. Okay, maybe you have got theological problems now, but don't worry, that's not the issue. Okay, because God is preparing us, you know, and you know when, when uh, the craftsmen are chiseling on the, on, the, on the granite blocks, it is painful for the granite block. And the granite would say, why are you cutting me? You know, why are you doing this to me? And that's how we feel sometimes as human beings. Because we don't like to be shaped. But God has a plan. God knows how we should be. And because sin has come into this world, we are not in the right shape. We need to be shaped. So that all these sharp edges will be able to be dealt with. But one day will come when God will take all these pieces, every one of us, every nation of the earth, and will bring them together and put them together as one. That's when the great multitude will appear before the throne of God. And they are not just individuals. Clearly, the word of God says these multitudes are comprising nations, tribes, people, different languages. Okay, so let us have a bigger vision. You know, salvation is not just for you to be saved. You are, like you have an uh, insurance policy and then, okay, if, from now, I'm, I'm okay. Whatever happens to me, I can claim my insurance. No, no, that's not what it means. Actually, God has a plan that he is enacting with all of us together, with all the nations of the world together, with all the tribes and all the languages together. Wonderful what God is going to work on. And finally, when that day is coming to pass, that's not the end, but actually that's the beginning. Okay? As the Bible is hinting here and there in different scriptures, then we'll, we will all start together into a new millennia of God's greater purpose, which at this time we have no clue about, which this time we cannot see. But then we will go in this new millennia together with all nations, united before God without being hampered by sinfulness and, and all kind of disease, all this will be a thing of the past. And the Bible says, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no mind can imagine, that is what God has prepared for those who love him. Praise God. So let us love the Lord our God. Guide your family to love the Lord. Influence your tribe to love the Lord. 
Speak to the nation to love the Lord your God. And let us do that together. You know, let us make sure that Zambia is not just claiming to be a Christian nation, but that we are living really a lifestyle that brings glory and honor to our God. That's what it is all about. Amen? So God has a unique plan. Not just for you and me. Praise God he has. Yes, that's true. But his plan is greater. His plan is for every family in Zambia, every tribe in this nation. It's for Zambia and the nations of Africa. It's for Zambia and, and, and the nations of the world. Amen? God has a unique plan. And I hope I could be able to give you a hint about the plan of God. There are things that I can't talk about it now. Maybe I'll talk a little bit more about this later on. But there are things that I cannot talk about because we are only having hints. We don't have a blueprint that God has given to us. His words leaves a lot of things for the future. And I tell you, the future is exciting. Life is becoming better all the time. Amen? Uh, some people are, have said, uh, talking about their, their, their own life, the best is yet to come. But I can tell you, the best is truly yet to come. Amen? You know, we are leaving the problems, the heartaches, the pains behind. One day God will wipe away all our tears. And then we are going to experience the glory of the Lord in ways that today, we can just not imagine. Let us pray. Lord our God, we give you praise and honor. We thank you, Lord, for your loving kindness. Thank you, Lord, that you're giving us a wider horizon, not to just think about me, myself, and I, but, Lord, to think about the nations of this world, to think about Zambia as a whole. Lord, thank you that you have put us into this nation. And thank you, Lord, that you have gifted us, that you have, you know, uniquely uh, positioned us in this place, in a place of so many riches, water, minerals, so many other things that Zambia offers, a wonderful climate, Lord. And we pray, Lord, help us that we are averting those climate changes by being responsible with your, with your creation. Lord Jesus, we thank you that we are brought together into this place in order to band together and make a difference in our nation, make a difference in the nations of Africa, make a difference in this world. Thank you, Lord, that you have uniquely gifted us as individuals and more especially as a nation. And Lord, we pray, let Zambia rise. Let the people who have responsibility in this nation rise. Let them understand why they are there, what their role is to, to, to complete at this very time. Whether they are on a family level, on a community level, on a tribal level, or even on the country level. Lord, let everybody realize that we are called and appointed by God in order to bring your plans to fruition. May your name be glorified. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we pray. And everyone say, Amen. Amen. Amen.